get it. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. <laughs> This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. What is it? It's a dimly lit room. Deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And hey, error one. Today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Michigan. The beautiful state of Michigan. (laughs) Shaped like a mitten. Borders a great lake or two. It's uh, lovely in the summer, chilly in the winter. Michigan. I've been to Michigan a number of times, but I spent a week there... My old radio instructor from college was doing some sort of conference at Central Michigan State or something like that. It was, uh-huh. in, it was in the right in the middle of Michigan. And we went there for a week in the summer, and it was freaking awesome. I had awesome. some of the best days of my life in beautiful Michigan. Having grown up in the Chicago area, we vacationed there. How loud is that music going to be, Mike? What are you doing This loud. Are you on meth or what? My God, that's man. A, that's an interesting starting point. Are you on meth or well, what? Well, he's just, he's gone mad. He's gone crazy. He's out of control. He's probably going to, f- I'd keep my dukes up in there, Anson. I would think you'd you go crazy. Try to pull the fillings out of your teeth and sell them or something. I would think you'd work up to are you on meth and not start there. Well, it's just, he's a, a exhibiting meth-like behavior. <laughs> Just like three minutes years, into the probably. show. Probably I just have, I, I'm just in a good Why good don't you mood. go steal some donuts at Hatchet Point, you lunatic? So if you're at work and somebody, I don't know, they don't have the Penske file ready at three like they're supposed to. What are you on, meth? I tell you what, it's a question <laughs> worth asking. Everybody check your copper wire. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. We probably didn't need to ruminate about how nice Michigan was any longer anyway. <laughs> Michigan um, is fantastic. <laughs> The Michigan Dunes, are you kidding me? Yeah. I wish I were um, there right now. Well, if I were there right now, I'd be wearing a parka. The UP the UP is the place to live. That's the place to be. The Upper Peninsula. Mm. Um uh duh. so yeah, voting in Michigan and a lot of people seem to think if Bernie loses tonight, it's uh, it's over. Whether he recognizes that or not. There was one hint over the weekend that a lot of analysts were pointing to the way he answered a question, would you get out? Sounded like he is at least considering it. Mm. It was open as a possibility. So we'll see. I think if he's at all a realist, he needs to be considering that. Although, here's your stat of the day, your political stat of the day. Four out of five. Michigan-related, by the way. Uh, last time around, Bernie in the polls trailed by, was it 19 to Hillary in the polls and ended up winning? Yeah, he's down by almost 20 the day before and won. Um, although... So I don't want to hear nothing about the polls. Not a thing. Well, there's Which a- polls? All of them. Okay. Okay. Whenever the polls are wrong, it's always the same thing. Always. Yes. Because they have to come up with a model of guessing who's going to vote. Ah, likely voters. And that's what's always wrong. And in 2016, Bernie was down 20 points to Hillary the day before, just like he's down when he's down like almost 30 to Biden with yesterday's poll. Um, But uh, he turned out like five times as many young people as any model would have predicted. 
Nobody, oh, that's a rarity. Nobody seems to think that's going to happen this time around because he hasn't been showing that anywhere he's been with mm. an explosion of young people coming out. Yeah, we'll but see. We'll see. Yeah, we talk yeah. about it tomorrow when it happens. But I, I just think it's interesting psychologically for him. He's an old man. He's not going to run again. This is his last hurrah. He will uh, stay a senator until he can no longer function and then ride off into the sunset. As an, and then probably be senator for one more term. <laughs> He'll be an aging socialist sitting in his home complaining that he couldn't uh, get a revolution going. Right. Um. Uh, so, but how would you want to go out? Do you want to go out fighting to the end? But possibly seen as, like, handing Trump the election if you just make it ugly? I don't know. Depends on how you want to be seen for the rest of your life. I don't know. Any, anybody who claims that they're starting a revolution and uh, whips people up uh, like he does may have enough ego that he doesn't care if he lays waste to the Democratic Party and loses them the next several elections. It doesn't matter. On the road to the revolution, my friends, the Bolsheviks had to kill millions of people, but it was worth it. So do I understand there's like at least one major league hockey team that's going to play in front of no fans? If I just have heard the second hand, the county that the uh, San Jose Sharks plays in, they've said no more public gatherings. And and the word is the Sharks said, all right. And the team said, we will abide by the rules. So uh, no fans at home. The reason that's a big deal is that'd be the first major sport where the, they're going to play in front of no fans. And a lot of people are wondering, is this going to ex- extend to the NBA? And then what about March Madness, which starts, what, this weekend? Um, I don't know. I hear I hear a lot of people saying, and there's a possibility March Madness will either be canceled, postponed, or playing in front of us. Is anybody actually considering that that's in charge of anything? Or is that all just pundit talk? Well, I would say it would be pundit talk whether it were true or not. They would be speculating. I have a feeling they're discussing the possibility. I mean, if they weren't, it would be. Uh, I don't. I don't believe it'd be dis- malpractice. I don't believe they're discussing the possibility of canceling March Madness. There's no, too much money. No, involved. playing it in front of empty stadiums. That I could believe they're at least Just discussing. Letting the fellows scrap. But uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be shocked if they canceled it. There's a billions of dollars at stake. Well, they may be canceling hockey in soft, soft Northern California, Jack. But you know where they're not canceling it? Michigan. Home of Detroit. Oh, we're and back to Arbor. this again. Yeah, we're back to how and great Michigan is. Several other towns. <laughs> Bernard Sanders. Bernard Sanders staking his last ditch effort in uh, beautiful Michigan. We talked about spring. How about summer in Michigan? And next uh, next hour we'll do fall. Oh, fall and are, are you kidding me? Fall in Michigan? The colors. Oh my God, the football. It's just right. oh. We'll do an entire. Too good. We'll do an entire hour on autumn in Michigan. Oh. you can stay tuned for that. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm actually a little worried. I'm supposed to uh, go because you're a- on meth. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on meth. Got the reports. <laughs> hey, you got a little powder right there. Yeah. There you go. Next week, I'm supposed to go to a pretty famous aquarium that you know gets a lot of people, and I'm. Hoping that they don't close this thing on me. Yeah. I've waited a year. Yeah. I got tickets a long time ago, and yeah. uh, I've got tickets to a couple of different events. I got to keep an eye out, see if they're going to happen. But I tell you what, Michael, if you can't go to the aquarium, look at this. Look at this shiny object. Look how shiny it is. is see this... how shiny it is, you tweaker. <laughs> you just won't get off it, will you? No, you won't let that. Just because the music was loud. Yeah. Well, 
There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Now, I know you guys are, uh, both of you are, are uh, amateur, and you enjoy, I'm not going to use amateur, because some people have a, a negative connotation. I you, do not. Go you, ahead. You enjoy playing music. You you have instruments that you practice uh, semi-regularly, and so I don't have to tell you guys that March 10th is International Bagpipe Day. And, <laughs> and in order to celebrate this properly, I bring you the Red Hot Chili Pipers, can yes. a cover of <laughs> Queen's We Will Rock You. No, not that one. How how about their oh, how about boy. Thunderstruck? That sounds like smoke out of the water to me. That's oh, probably right. Uh, but uh, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Ah! No, Africa by Toto. Hey, sounds like the same song. We've been <laughs> saying this for years. There appears to be one song that bagpipers know how to play, and they play it at funerals and St. Patrick's Day. They play it when people are happy or sad. <laughs> and that all sounds the same to me, too, just at different tempos. <laughs> you know, a little, little you know, more modern. Old there's Town more, Road. folks. Good one news. more. Yeah. Sorry, the horse died, so you can't. It died of bagpipe music. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pro music in my house, but if my kids said that we want, I want to play the bagpipes, Dad. Eh. No. If I were in charge of the post-apocalyptic world, there we were, the last hundred people on Earth, and there was only one musical instrument, the bagpipe. I'd say yes, like once a month. We'll have music once a month. And briefly. And play that thing as quietly as you can. (laughs) And I've only ever heard supposedly good bagpipe. I've never even heard anybody, like, beginning practicing. I don't know what that sounds like. Right, when they don't have that beautiful soft tone yet. (laughs) Great, Scott. Play that for Al-Qaeda. They'll turn. Exactly. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this National Bagpipe Day. It's Tuesday, March 10th. The year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin now, officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, at Mark. This election is a very important election. In my view, civilization as we know it is at stake. There you go! That's not, uh, that's not a crazy thing for the Speaker of the House of Representatives to say. Civilization is at stake? Civilization is at stake with oh. the 2020 election. This election is a very important election. In my view, civilization as we know it is at stake. That's right. You got to give, <laughs> give her credit for understanding the moment we're in where you've got to go, you know, really far in your speech to get attention. But you can't go I any think farther we than have that. a winner. The problem is you've, you're, you're at the wall. There's oh, nowhere yeah. to go from there. Yeah, we'll be back in caves eating raw meat, no cities, no no streets. We'll forget medicine how to, as we know it will vanish. We'll forget how to do agriculture. Exactly. We won't, we won't even have societies. Oh, there will be no means of trading goods except barter. I'll give you a pig for four bushels <laughs> of wheat. Just all of civilization will go away. That's an ugly situation. Uh, all we'll have left is a bagpipe. How does mail... You can't <laughs> smoke meth in a bagpipe, by the way, Michael. It's a different sort of pipe. Yes. Boy, I'll tell you what, Michi- weaker. Michigan, right when the sun's going down, that's the best time to be in Michigan. Oh, sunset, sunset in Michigan. I'm um, going to write a song. 
<laughs> during the commercials and play it for you when we come back. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. It covers a lot of ground from, from humor to uh, to fear. And uh, the latest on the coronavirus, I suppose. Coming up oh, yeah. on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't do math. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I suppose it's worth mentioning that the state of Washington and Missouri also voting today, along with a couple others, since those are two states were on the air in those states and not Michigan, which has snubbed us. Um, but Thus far, Michigan is the big prize. Uh, is Xi well, and Bernie has canceled rallies in other places and given them the finger to desperately hold on to Michigan. Yeah. Uh, is the fact that President Xi, President, Dictator Xi, uh, visited Wuhan a sign that the worst is behind them in China? More on that coming up. I will be liberally working in the phrase, that's what she said during that discussion. All right. Stay tuned for that. Idaho. Lots of good friends in Idaho. There you go. A&G show huge in Idaho. Sure. They're voting today. Mississippi. Please. Got the river. Got the bluesman. <laughs> Missouri. Am I crooked letter, crooked letter I, crooked letter, crooked letter I, PPI? I have family and friends who live in beautiful Missouri. There you go. North Dakota. It's north of South Dakota and Washington. That's who's voting. (laughs) That's your North Dakota nugget? It's north of South Dakota. (laughs) Yep. I feel like you really mailed that one in. That's how you find it. The capital is Bismarck. It's right there. Thank you for that. Capital of South Dakota, Pier. There you go. That's how you say it, fools. See? Fools. I know something. (laughs) Wow. I know something. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a mood. You know why I know it is. Things. You know, I'm smart. <laughs> I'm smart over here. I'm smart. You know what it is? It's the dang time change. Oh, really? I'm off, man. I'm off a, a, a notch or two. Yeah, my son was struggling with that yesterday. Time change has never really had any effect on me. But, uh, uh, Sam? Yeah. I, I'm just curious because he and I have a lot of characteristics in common, judging by your stories. And Yeah, I'm just I'm rattled by that. Uh, mailbag. I want a freedom-loving quote of the day from uh, Samuel Adams. Our contest is not only whether we ourselves shall be free, but whether there shall be left to mankind an asylum on earth for civil and religious liberty. Meaning, we got to look to the future. Mm. It's our responsibility, folks. Come on! Enough me, me, me. Let's see. Here's a nice note from Chris. When Joe Biden challenges you to a push-up contest, do we still have that tape, Michael, laying around? Joe let's Biden. do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Hmm. Guys, it's a trap. After you accept the challenge, you'll find out he's talking about Nestle push-up pops, or the ice cream pops. Your resulting brain freeze then levels the playing field to his advantage. I believe that's a shot at his alleged senility. And I don't appreciate it, Chris. Diane asks, is it reasonable to think that the Democratic Party could be encouraging and instigating the panic enclosures in an effort to affect the economy in such a way that it can be blamed on Trump? Oh, yeah. Yeah, to some extent, sure. Um, yeah, that's the way it is. Never let a crisis go to waste. It's politics for you. You had this experience the other day talking to a couple of doctors. I talked to a doctor yesterday. So, so far, we're uh, 100% in talking to doctors and doctors saying, well, people are really overreacting. So, so far, we haven't run into a doctor in our real lives who says, oh, yeah, 
This is, uh, yeah, buy toilet paper. All, all of it they've got at the store when you're there. Oh, boy. Don't go to the Little League games. <clears throat> no, I was talking to a doctor who's just, like, laughing at the uh, the way people are reacting to this. Wow. So he thinks it's funny. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, if you're a uh, man or woman of medicine, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or text 415-295-KFTC. What's your opinion on this thing? What are you telling folks? Zach asks, well, he says, uh, so I have a cold. I highly doubt it's the spooky-sounding COVID-19. However, my office has been overreacting to the whole coronavirus deal and has basically said they'll boot anyone remotely sick out of the office. Hmm. So I'm now expecting to have my blood put in a Petri dish and poked with hot metal to see if it jumps like in the thing. I had not remembered that scene in the thing, but thank you for reminding us, Zach. Uh, you guys are the only thing I miss uh, from California. Um Lives in Nashville now, where they're terrified of the coronavirus. So, uh, shout out, beautiful Nashville. Uh, let's see. Josh asking the question you asked yesterday, Jack, and I thought it was uh, worth repeating. When school districts shut down for a week and some counties locked down some of their citizens, how do they decide to end the closures? Will the closings and quarantines create a worldwide cure? Since that's obviously not the case, aren't we just dena- dena- delaying the inevitable? Once the virus is community spread, which seems to be happening, what good are quarantines or closures? Well, I suppose the idea is you slow it as much as you can. Yeah, but you can't you can't leave school closed for the rest of the year. You can't you can't? No, I don't think you can. <laughs> You're just gonna not educate kids this uh this half of the year? I don't know. Tell them to go home, read a book. And the school district next to you is going to educate the kids? Watch Sesame Street, where I just heard they're going to indoctrinate you to make sure you answer the census. In Spanish, pressure your parents to answer the census. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Due to the uh, fears of the coronavirus, Ireland has canceled its St. Patrick's Day parade. They canceled it. Yeah. Yeah, the Irish are being urged to stay home, get drunk, and punch themselves. So, hey, 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 that's racism. Oh, that's right. He's Irish. Never mind. It's okay. (laughs) Right, brother. How how many St. Patrick's Day parades are going to be canceled across America? I don't know. Boston canceled theirs. I mean, that's that's the biggie. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. This is terrible, Bigora. Um, I'll read you the quote. We must understand that we all must stick to and we must not counteract these measures. We must not try and be clever. That's what she said. <laughs> I, I can do that. That's the prime minister of Italy. Oh, whoops. Sorry. With the largest crackdown on any country in the Western world, we are the new Wuhan, they announced. They've got the biggest crackdown um, or, or lockdown in Italy since World War II. And here's what's interesting about this one. We brought this up yesterday as uh, somebody was saying on Face a Nation, former government official of some sort, talking about cities need to shut down their economies or states. And we were talking about how, how would, can you make that happen? I mean, uh, how, you can, what are you going to order people to? Well, said so, the, so that's the question. Unlike China, where the outbreak began, I'm reading for the New York Times, Italy's a democracy, and a debate has erupted already over how well the government will be able to enforce the new rules and whether Italians will actually obey them. Mm. You can tell people they got to shut down their business and stay home, but in a <laughs> democracy, unless you're going to, you know, 
put tanks in the street or something. I don't, I don't know how you're going to make people do it. Seems like a great idea among government types and academics who've never had to make a payroll. Right. Yeah, look, we'll just shut down the businesses for a while. Because everybody knows every business owner is wildly wealthy. Plus, they're bad people. And I wonder how, if you found out uh, your competitor, the coffee shop uh, on the other side of the street, they're, they're open and their employees showed up. Oh, and man. they closed down. What are you going to... I'm going to call all my employees and tell them get their heinies into work. That's an interesting situation. Meanwhile, in China, you got President Xi visiting, and the question is being asked, is this a sign that things are on the mend in China? Now, it's always... China! Like- it's always hard to tell because uh, they're lying liars over there. Well, and the dirty, oppressive commies might have just cleared out one section of town so he could do a photo op. His trip is being seen as a sign that China's leaders believe that a series of draconian restrictions, including the lockdown of hundreds of millions of people, starting in late January, have brought the outbreak under control, according to the New York Times. According to official data, coronavirus infections have recently receded in China, falling to a few dozen new cases every day. Almost all of them in Wuhan. So they got it down to a single area, and it's just a couple dozen a day. Most residents are under heavy restrictions there because they're a communist country, and they can order you to stay in your house or your life will be ruined. Chinese asshole! Yeah. Growing numbers of neighborhoods have been declared free of new infections, and the last two makeshift isolation centers for patients are going to close this week. Okay, now that's a real thing. The, The statements mean nothing to me from China, really. But if they're closing the isolation centers, that's a that's, that's a reasonable sign. Did you see Xi in the mask at the hospital? I did. Yeah, so... Uh, Taking charge. Bold leadership. I wonder if there's a chance that this has uh, run its course kind of in China, and that's what's going to happen in the other countries. They got it a little later. Um, and it'll just kind of go away. Do not know. As these things have in the past. I was just reading that a lot of people around the world are calling it the Wuhan virus. Um, I like I the Kung flu. That's pretty funny, too. Uh, but then uh, the Chinese put out the narrative that that's racist. Is it now? To call it the Wuhan virus. And the American media has picked that up and echoed the, the call. You caused it in your in your bat markets. Yeah, Wuhan. Quit eating wet bats. That's what it is. <laughs> China. It's right. Come on. It's the Wuhan virus. But no, that's racist, according now to the American media. Okay, shut up. Do shut up. It's not I realize the race. You're the media. It's your culture of a lack of cleanliness. Right. In uh, your poorer parts of China. Those wacky meat markets out there in the sun with flies everywhere and people pawing through stuff. Like, God, you get nauseated just thinking about it. Ah. Plus, there's a funky, funky meat that they'll eat anything that used to walk or fly. Or swim. It's a sick enough. I know it. So if they announced, uh, it's just interesting because there's, there's no real hint of this happening in the United States, although that one official did say it over the weekend on Face the Nation. But if they announced uh, businesses should shut down starting tomorrow at noon, what if I say I'm not going to? Mm, I wonder what happens then. Nothing. Probably nothing. Nothing, yeah. Public uh, shame is what they would hope? Could be. Um, They're shutting down a number of music festivals, including the gigantic Coachella Music Festival in Southern California. Um, is that an overreaction? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know I, either. I, I would think so, probably. Uh, you know, we, we got a nice email from somebody. Where is that? It, it was explaining, and it, it cited some stats from China, and I just I don't think you can credibly cite any stats from China. But the long and short of it is the percentage of cases that turn critical and need breathing help 
What we're trying to do is just ride the brakes to keep the total number low. Because people have said, why don't we just get it all over with? Because the vast majority of people end up being fine. Well, the idea is if if you can ride the brakes on the total number of cases, then you're riding the brakes on the number of critical cases, and we won't run out of respirators and critical care beds, uh, ICU beds. But nobody's quite sure what the percentages are anyway. It's all very murky at this point. I was at the park yesterday, and uh, I've noticed no difference in the park after school with the number of kids and everybody running around doing their thing. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of weird, you know, talking about this for the day and then going to the park and seeing masses of people doing their normal thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it fits together. Um, They don't appear to be worried. Yeah. One of the reasons I've been at the park a lot lately is uh, my youngest... Henry has decided to do this business, he calls it, where he, well, he'll, he'll draw people a picture for 50 cents. So he sets up a little table, and he's got his art supplies and his paper. Young entrepreneur. Yeah. Love it. And he, uh, he'll draw your picture for 50 cents. And uh, the first day he was there, I think he drew two pictures, and he didn't get as much business as he wanted. So yeah. the next day he made muffins and brought those to the park. Oh. And you could get a muffin with a picture for, I think, 75 cents. Bait in the hook. The muffins worked okay. He made chocolate chip cookies yesterday. We took yeah. those to the park. It's, right. it's quite the uh, it's quite the business. He's got a sign. Yeah. Now, yeah. is it a portrait of the person purchasing it, or will it, Usually, is it like still life? What the girls like is um, they like them as a mermaid or them <laughs> as a princess. Wow. And he's a pretty good artist, so he actually does a pretty good rendering. That's nice. And a muffin. Right. The tie-in isn't, you know, the most obvious, but I do like art and I do like muffins. But getting to the corona thing, so you got people everywhere in the park eating rando muffins. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody seemed to be concerned. (laughs) Looks like a nice kid. I'm sure his muffins are fine. I'm just waiting for some uh, city official to shut us down with our illegal business. (laughs) See, that's the thing. I would like to know, for instance, the Santa Clara County in California is uh, announcing all sorts of draconian measures including encouraging sports teams not to have crowds. And, and we got the word, is this nailed down? The San Jose Sharks have said, no, we'll, we'll have no crowds. That's nailed down? I would like to know the number of people involved in that decision, you know, and, and how they came to it. Excellent question. Was it three to two on some county board? What's their level of expertise? What, what Ab- information were they, were they using? Because, listen, the, the, the more times you've been around the sun, the more you realize bureaucrats are frequently jackasses. Right. So and if there's a three to two vote of jackasses to do something, that doesn't make it right. No, and I don't know that they're wrong, but same with the South by Southwest Music Festival and the, and the Coachella Music Festival. Was there one woman who said, I don't think we should do this? And that kind of... Was enough, or... Why the misogyny? Could have been a guy. I was actually going the other direction. I was trying to put a woman in charge. Oh. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's my misanthropy. What? Miss... Miss... <laughs> misan- now you're making up words. Miss... <laughs> miss misandrogy? <laughs> it's, it's the hatred of men. But anyway... I, I, le- I learned that term. How then many, forgot it, how, apparently. <laughs> how many people were involved in the decision, and your question is perfect, what's their level of expertise? Yeah. You saw something on the news... Right. Is that what we're going with here? Or did you bring in a local panel of uh, sure. a hospital, uh, you know, uh, epidemiologists and, for and chat all, with them? And for all I know, I would have been swayed myself. But I would, I would like to hear that answered. Was it five people in a room talking about what they saw on the news yesterday, and then they voted three to two to cancel, you know, a, a festival with a hundred thousand people and hundreds of millions of dollars on the line? Mm. 
Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. No. In fact, no, I would guess please. that's probably what happened. If I had to bet on it, yes. Yeah. Indeed. Which is hilarious, really. Oh, Unless speak- you're one of those vendors that was counting on that for your uh, quarterly revenue. Right, right. Uh, speaking of uh, jackasses, I was at a speaking gathering. Speaking of jackasses, is well, this transition? Jackasses earlier. Um, I was at a, a gathering on a rural property the other day, and they had uh, farm animals, including mm-hmm. uh, some sort of donkey. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I would occasionally <laughs> glance at them and say, "What are you looking at, jackass?" <laughs> Boy, people enjoyed that. Really? Well, my wife heard me do it twice and rolled her eyes. So both times or just the second time? Just the second time. <laughs> Although she, I think she might have rolled them a little the first time. Please, she's been uh, sitting in my nightclub for quite some time. Well, she's how, a little tired of my act. How quickly did you go to the well on the second time on it, though? Oh, it was different people. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm a professional. Please, <laughs> please. Oh, hey, you know what? Uh, there oh, was funny. There was a thought for about a, a cup of uh, what do they drink in China? Bat tea. juice. There. <laughs> Bat juice. You don't no, juice China. That is so gross. So there was a discussion for about a <laughs> cup of tea that this coronavirus thing would put so much pressure on the Chinese regime it might actually weaken the Communist Party and lead to reform and that sort yeah, of thing. I was hoping. I, I'm afraid it was wishful thinking, but they have horrendous problems in Iran right now. Yeah. Yeah, real problems with the coronavirus, and we'll have to see where that goes. There, there are a number of their top government officials who are either dead. Or, or or have sweat pouring from their faces and they haven't been seen and and they're they're saying that oh no no we got like 20, uh, 20 cases nationwide eh, we're fine over here but they're dying off so more on that to come in a little while um that's the, why the good common people of Iran I wish them no ill will but the the mullahs and the freaking oppressive regime I, I hope every single one of them croaks it. um uh, and that's why Italy's getting so much attention people dying in China and Iran well their healthcare is pretty shoddy and they're more concerned with secrecy than cures and all that sort of stuff but Italy's more like we are and it's uh they're doing what they're doing but anyway I got more on that and uh primary today and I've got this thing on how to know if somebody's your best friend which is pretty good uh all this stuff on the way it's going to be a huge show today. Really? I mean, just crazy. Super. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe Biden is not under self-quarantine. He is out there spreading his brand of kooky common sense to anybody who will listen, including this confused crowd in Kansas City. Turn this primary from a campaign that's about negative attacks into one about what we're for, because we cannot get re-elect, we cannot win this re-election. Excuse me, we can only re-elect Donald Trump if, in fact, we get engaged in this circular firing squad. Oh, boy. I don't know, it feels it's kind of, it's like he's losing a debate against himself. Wow, it is like that. I apologize for that. That's a funny joke. And that's Jimmy Kimmel on the likely uh, Democratic candidate. That was one of the saddest Biden clips. Not a joke. There have been some who've said this is just sad, putting him up to running. Everybody knew he wasn't Mm. capable, but he's about to win, I think. Yeah, oh yeah. 
the nomination. Anyway. But by tonight, we'll know a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, I, I wanted to throw this in very briefly. There are music festivals being canceled, particularly in Cal Unicornia, um, uh, because of the coronavirus thing. But there's also a big, a 40-year tradition, the Lake Tahoe Music Festival, that's being canceled because of California's disastrous AB5. That's the law that makes all gig workers got to be full-time employees with full benefits and everything. Including, you know, hairstylists and freelance writers and musicians and actors and all these people, you know, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers get all the attention, but it's dozens of professions that loved what they were doing, was letting stay-at-home moms earn a few extra dollars, the rest of it, and then the unions, which own these hack legislators in the uh, in the uh, legislature, well, that's a little uh, redundant, including this awful, awful slave to the unions, Lorena Gonzalez, they passed this law, and it's just screwing up the state. So when this comes to you, it sounds noble-sounding and enlightened. Well, these gig workers are being exploited. We've got to protect them from making their own economic decisions. Just do me a favor and reject it. Because you have musicians and people who just do things for, like, four days here and three days there and the rest of it. Now they're getting screwed by this law, and it's ruined theater in California, because now all our, this is the super big giant productions where they do the same dumb old musicals that people have been going to since 1944 over and over again. Or you have tiny little <laughs> community theater uh, productions where nobody's making any money, like with kids. Um, you can't bring in a professional, say, uh, uh, hair and makeup person for the big performances anymore. You can't have a pro sound director to make sure everything comes off because, no, that'd be a gig worker and you got to make them a full-time employee and the rest of it. Oh, it's just a complete disaster. So if anybody suggests this, reject it. One more note from the western coast, and that would be Hollywood, which, uh, never forget, uh, tends to lecture us. Every award season about how we ought to be living. Uh, Corey Feldman, child star back in the 80s, etc., etc., friends with Corey Haim, famously sexually molested and raped repeatedly, both of the Corys by various people who are supposed to be guiding them. And, and oddly, Corey Feldman has made a semi career out of. Uh, he's saying he'll reveal all and but he documentaries. Def- he defends Michael Jackson. Yes, yeah. actually, yeah. Jacko actually doesn't enter into this, but um, he was releasing a big documentary in theaters and streaming online, the rest of it the other day, and and after a couple of the delays, the, the in the theater version went off okay, but somebody, according to the people in charge, hacked the worldwide streaming of uh, the documentary, and it never got off the ground. And uh, they say it was some sort of uh, denial of service attack or something. They're not entirely sure. But uh, a DDoS attack. A DDoS. Yeah, yeah. That's a, oh, that's a that's thing the in, the, in the internet streams. Well, there there could be some powerful forces that don't want his uh, version of Hollywood to come out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But um, he has made it clear, though, in the, uh, you know, anybody saw the thing in the theater that uh, Char- Charlie Sheen, said to have raped Corey Haim in between two trailers on the set of the 1986 coming-of-age drama Lucas when Haim was just 13. Film also looks at nightclub owner and frequent party thrower Alfie Hoffman, as well as his former manager, John Grissom, also named as an alleged molester of Haim, was actor Dominic Brasha, 
while former child talent manager Marty Weiss was named as an alleged second abuser of Feldman. Now, a number of people are sending this article to us and others because uh, the aforementioned actor Dominic Brasha was the producer of the Armstrong and Getty show for a couple of years. And he used to talk about this stuff. A few years. He never uh, obviously said he did that, but he he said Charlie Sheen was a monster with all those young actors around. I don't know whether that's true or not, but that's what Dominic always said, and that's what Corey Feldman is saying. Right. But Corey Uh Feldman's saying Dominic was also involved in that. Yeah, well... uh, I have no idea. I had reason to believe that... uh, And you hate to speak ill ill of the dead, but um, if they're child molesters, that changes things. Uh, Dominic was very soft on the idea of uh, young adult gay men mentoring uh, teenage gay boys. Very soft on that idea. And I think in his head, he thought he wasn't a molester. He was an older boyfriend. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we've heard anyway. So you can stop sending it. Well, that's, that's, it's, it's crazy. Hollywood is despicable God, anybody, in so many ways. Anybody who would send their boy or girl off to Hollywood as a kid and put them in the hands of these people and, and think, well, things will be fine. And Without we'll be hovering over them every single minute is insane. You have no idea. There's so much money and fame. People are so hungry for fame. They just they debase themselves. They put aside any semblance of morality or or decency or anything. Just anything for fame. It's a it's a success pool. Remember that next Oscars time. Some politics. What is a best friend and other stuff on the way.